If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Tuesday that feels like a Monday because it's Tuesday after a long weekend. Hope everyone had an amazing Laborist Day weekend. Hey, Jax, how you doing? Doing good because it's a short week. Can't wait. It was a great long holiday weekend. I know you had a great jam-packed weekend as well. Probably a little more exciting than mine. No. But we don't need to compare. We don't no, need to I compare. No, I agree. We are women who do not compare other women ever. We are women who support each other's holiday weekends no matter we what. We support each other's endeavors. Always. Always and forever. Yes. I just returned from Turks and Caicos last night. I had the most incredible weekend. Like, not to be so annoying. Um, first of all, like I just forgot about Turks and Caicos as like a potential vacation destination. And if you live on the East Coast, it does feel like, you know, when you compare East Coast to West Coast, people who live in L.A., like they have so many better options. You know, they're so close to Mexico. It's literally a 45 minute flight. Yeah. They have Hawaii. Like we have like Florida and then the East Coast of Mexico, which is not as fun as the West no, Coast of the Mexico. East Coast of Mexico isn't as fun. But then we have the Caribbean and we have the Bahamas and we have Turks and Caicos. And we have Dominican right. Republic and we have Costa Rica. So I totally just forgot about Turks and Caicos because we've only been one time we went together. Um and first of all, can I just say, I don't even want to like say positive things because I don't want anyone to go because it's like, I think it's like a great kept secret, but it's so fast. Literally the flight there was two hours and 52 minutes. It was so easy. The way back, the airport is a shit show. Like it was one of the lowest points of my life. Like just being hungover, depressed that my trip was over, sweating my fucking tits off. Sunburnt. Sunburnt. But it was worth it. I'm a little constipated. You know, the classic, you can't go on a trip without getting constipated. But all in all, totally worth it. I had the best time. I went with like the best group of people. Um, it was like a family trip because I had Ben and obviously Counselor Snitch. It was also like a friend's trip because Brian and Taylor and Taylor and John. So it was just incredible. Like it was so much fun. It was a combination of like truly relaxing while also like lit, you know, we got to explore, we were doing adventurous things, but also relaxing. It was, I have absolutely no regrets about my decision, which is just a great feeling. That's so great. Was it so hot there? So technically it's the off season because it's their rainy season. So that's why it was like not empty, but very, very like low key, which I appreciated so much. Like there's nothing I hate more than going on vacation when like it's busy, you know? Um, and it literally didn't rain. It rained for 10 minutes one day and we were, like happened to be eating lunch inside and then we no, came I, back out and it was fine. I'm not worried about the rain because like we get rainstorms here and I guess, you know, it's the off season also in Florida, right. but I'm like, it's so hot here. Is it even hotter there? Um, It was hot. Yeah. But like, it's not, 
it's like vacation hot. You know, you appreciate the hotter it is, the better. It's not like I have to live and go to work like in the heat. That is horrible. Yeah. But like when you're out on the beach, are you dying? No, it's so breezy. Like so, so breezy. That's gorgeous. It was amazing. We, like, we had this great house. Like it was so incredible. I have like a newfound love and respect for Turks and Caicos. I like have a, not a newfound, but just a re, um, reinstated love of my friends. Like it was such a great group and it was just a, it was such an interesting vibe. Obviously, like I have different groups of friends and I don't think I've ever really been on a proper vacation with this group as a whole. Um, and it's like the level of comfortable I felt in front of these people. Like obviously, you know, there's always a level of discomfort when you're in a bathing suit in front of other people. Yeah. Um, and I just really didn't have that. And I also like, you know, on a group trip, there's like a lot of pressure to like always be doing stuff. Like it, group trips can be extremely fucking treacherous. Well, it also depends what kind of travelers you're with. You could have your best friend in the world, but if they mm-hmm. want to go to museums and go sightseeing and you want right. to lay at the beach, like it's just not going to be a good trip. If they want to wake up and do Pilates, like we're just not on the same level. Even if they're, you're so simpatico, hypnotico, mm-hmm. erotico, you would share your deepest, darkest secrets with them. If they're waking up and doing yoga Pilates, it's not a it's successful not work. trip. No. So everyone was really on the same page. I was just like, I had such a great time. I'm so happy I went. I got tan, which is just, it's an incomparable feeling to be tan. Even if it's, I guess, my lips are like literal raisins. They're so chapped right now and sunburnt. I don't even care. The confidence that a tan gives you is so insurmountable. And try as you may, like a fake tan is great, but it's never going to be a real tan. And there's nothing that can boost your confidence more than a tan, a real tan. Did you wear sunscreen? I did, I did. Okay, good. Did snitch? Yes, yes, we all did. Like the first day we were like, fuck it. And a few hours in, we were like, we have to put on sunblock. You like, have we were, to wear sunscreen. We were lathering up, but there, it, it was useless. It was a fruitless endeavor. Right, the no, sun you're still there, gonna get tan, but you, need to, you can't just raw dog it so close to the equator in August. No, 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 you can't. And we didn't, but um, we're still all like pretty burned. My nose is starting to peel. It's like my least favorite part of going on vacation, coming back like a crusty girl. But the crustiness reminds you of the good times that were shared. Right, like every time I see like on my pillow a little flake of dead skin, I'm like, oh, Brian, John, <laughs> John Taylor, Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. It was. I was here. I mean, I guess every day is a vacation when you live in Florida. Um, <laughs> not that I like spend time outside or went in my <laughs> pool or anything. I haven't been in my pool since you were here. But it was really nice. It was low key and fun and family oriented. And I got to read and watch a little TV. I'm all caught up on Southern Charm. Mm. And it was good. I ate a lot. I, s- I saw you. Um, taking a selfie with a martini in your hand. And I think we should talk about it. Okay. What do you want to say about it? You had a martini? No. And you know that I didn't. I know. But like I wanted she's you to have the martini. She's calling me out so hard. I sent a selfie. And I also posted it to my Instagram where I'm holding a martini. But um, the truth is that it was Zach's martini. And I was holding it because I thought it looked cool for a photo. The martini looked cool in the photo. I looked like a woolly mammoth. <laughs> oh my God, we have to talk. Like my weekend was obviously consumed by my vacation, but like the last 36 hours have been consumed by Venice Film Festival. <laughs> like if you would have told me last week, like, or not last week, like last year, Claudia, like next year, you're going to be obsessed with the Venice Film Festival. I would have been like, what changed, you know? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't be bothered to care about these film festivals like ever. Um, but Wow. Between the Brendan Fraser, Sadie Sink of it all, of course, the Don't Worry Darling, extreme awkwardness. I am hooked. But then there's also like there was a boat, a gondola where Chase Stokes, Sydney Sweeney, 
Armani Beauty, Young Cammy Hollywood. Cami Mendez. Yeah. The hits kept coming and they don't stop coming. Yes, Ar- Armani Beauty like is perhaps like a sponsor of the Venice Film Festival and they basically did like a revolve around the world but with like really premium young Hollywood like the the who's who, the it girls and boys of young Hollywood and they've been just taking photos. Maud Apatow was there. Mm-hmm. It is this gorgeous group of gorgeous people doing gorgeous things and while I did live for every minute of it, I also like it really just kind of highlighted what a disgusting slob I am. Like the fact like it was just, it was too much. It was too glamorous. Did you see Sabrina Carpenter there having a little moment for herself these days with her new album and her look at the VMAs and then she wore that head to toe Valentino pink Barbie outfit that Anne Hathaway wore and without being rude it looked I preferred it without without being ageist yeah I preferred it on Sabrina Okay, I did not see Sabrina Carpenter there, but I love that you brought up the moment, moment Sabrina Carpenter is currently having. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for her. So like, happy for her. Her album is popping off. Everyone is obsessed with it. She's been looking gorgeous. Red carpet, red carpet, red carpet, bus, club, another club, bus, no sleep, Venice. Bangs. I'm so happy for her. She bangs. bangs. She deserves it. <laughs> she deserves it. She's been through a lot, and I'm really happy for her. I personally have been following Sabrina Carpenter for like 10 years now. And I'm so happy to see that she's finally having the moment and people are experiencing her in the way that I've been enjoying for 10 years, you know? Yeah, I've been like following Sabrina Carpenter since that song came out. That was the theme song to her um, show on Disney Channel. What was that song? It was fucking amazing. I don't know. Oh, well, I loved that song. Like when I was an intern at AOL, I was listening to it all the time. Like, yeah, that's it's funny how music like especially like as it relates to work. You associate different songs with like different jobs. Yeah. And her first album is so good. She's an extremely talented queen. And of course, a lot of that was eclipsed momentarily by the Olivia Rodrigo of it all. But now I feel like she's getting her, you know, individuality back. And she and has for that, I'm happy. Her new song I saw she performed on one of the Jimmys. It's called like Because I Liked a Boy. Have you heard oh, it? Because I liked a boy. And it's about the saga, how she's, you know, Jezebel. Yeah, all this crap. All because for she liked loser. a boy. Yeah, like not even like a special one. He was literally a boy. Just a boy, like very regular, like boy. Boy. Um, so we're going to get into Venice, obviously. Venice. Shia. Shia, Shia. That Miss was literally, like, <laughs> literally shocking. Like on the plane yesterday, I was like, Shia, Shia, Shia. <laughs> Miss Flow, Miss Flow. I'm obsessed with the saga. And of course, like all eyes are on the Don't Worry Darling premiere. Um, so every little video, every snippet is like people are blowing it up, like looking in. They think, you know, Harry Styles Chris, spit on Chris Pine. We'll get into all of it. I just want to say like knowing that everyone's eyes are on them. I feel like they really, really tried to like not make anything a story other than the movie. And in their efforts are acting so fucking bizarre. Robotic. And it's making the whole situation even weirder. Yes, I agree. I think that they were all extremely well behaved. But like so um, Almost fake. to the point that it's unnatural. No, they were so fake. And honestly, they're bad actors. So how could Ooh. the movie be good? How could the movie Ooh. be good when the acting is so bad? Ooh, hot take, hot, hot take. take, hot take. Um, so I really don't like have much else to catch up on um, because literally all I want to do is talk about Don't Worry Darling. So yeah. if there's anything else, I read another Christina Lauren book that was recommended. Oh, you recommended The Unhoneymooners. No, I've always had that on my want to read list, but I never read it. Take it off. Take it off. Okay. Take it off. 
I finished Priscilla Presley's memoir, Oh, Elvis and Me, and it was really good. And if you do want more info about Elvis, I would watch it because, I'm sorry, I would read it because it gives you a lot of Elvis factoids, a lot of Priscilla. I feel like I got the picture. There's obviously more to Elvis before Priscilla and after Priscilla, but they were together for more than 10 years, so... There's also the Linda Thompson of it all, the Brody Jenner's mom of it all, which um, I didn't really realize that she had dated Elvis. um, And that's because I don't follow her on Instagram because every other photo she posts on Instagram is about Elvis. It's a picture of her and Elvis. Um, I didn't know any of that, but apparently her book is also quite, quite juicy. But it's like, I'm not trying to be mean. I just feel like when I was looking at her social media, it's like, no matter how many Chanel bags you borrow, you will never be Lisa Marie. Like, she thinks like she's the girl with Elvis. And it's like, it's Lisa. It's Lisa. It's oh, Priscilla. sorry. <laughs> it's Priscilla. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. But Linda Thompson, although has an incredibly think- interesting life, I think her book is interesting on its own. If you're going there for the Elvis tea, I don't think it's going to be Priscilla's. But Linda Thompson was just like that woman. She caught every man. Every man. I also think I was trying to figure it out when I was looking on her Instagram. I do believe she was with Elvis when he died. No, not physically, but. Dating. No, according to Priscilla's oh. book, Linda was with Elvis for four years. Priscilla thought that she was good for him. And then he started okay. dating. He was dating a woman named Ginger for a few months. And and that and I think she was the girlfriend. The last one. When he passed. Yeah. Okay. Because I was trying to figure it out. Because she was like, when I found out I was at Graceland. I'm like, wait, so. She might have been at Graceland. You know, still a member of the, the family. and the, the family, yeah. And the friend group. It was like a big friend group. Also, Netflix dropped the trailer today for Luckiest Girl Alive, Alive, um, which is, as you guys know, Jackie and I's favorite book. We found out a while ago that Mila Kunis was going to be reprising the role of Ani. Ani Finelli. Ani Finelli. And the trailer came out. I didn't realize, or maybe I just didn't like care to look, that it was going to be a Netflix movie or like as opposed to being in a theater. Um, I love when they make it easy for us because I can watch it when it comes out, not six months later, like Elvis. Um... And I just want to say, like, one negative thing. Oh, okay. Um, like, the, the trailer was just giving community theater vibes. Like, that's all I'll say. But you really can't tell a movie by the trailer. Like, you can't uh-huh. judge a book by its cover. I was just getting kind of, like, low-budget energy from the acting. Oh, that's weird. That's just me. I wasn't. I feel like it's got, they're going to pull out all the stops. I know, just like when Mila Kunis was narrating, she's like, I'm getting married in a lavish but tasteful wedding. Like, oh, no, it was but just, that's like, kind of so, cringy. No, that's so Ani. It didn't bother. It was just kind of cringy. I didn't get that at all. Honestly, I, I, I'm so excited. It looks perfect. I think it's really well cast. I hope they don't change too much about it. Looks like the storyline stays the same, and I can't freaking wait. Oh yeah, Connie Britton. That's how you know something's gonna be good when Homegirl is there playing someone's mom. Connie Britton, National Treasure. She's in it. If you haven't read the book yet. I would recommend reading it before the movie comes so, out because because we don't know if the movie's going to be good or not, so don't ruin the storyline for yourself on a on a risk. Read yeah. the book, get the enjoy the story. Even though anytime I've purposely read a book before watching a movie because I knew a movie or a show was coming out, I'd never really enjoyed either. Mm. But the book holds up. The book holds up, and that was a really exciting to get on a Tuesday after a Labor Day, you know? Yeah, and the guy who plays her fiancé is so perfectly cast, and you know he's from the big short. I think he's the one who actually coined the phrase in that movie, one plus one equals sock, when the stocks were not adding up. He's also, like, from a commercial. I think, like, progressive. Like, he's, like, a classic guy from one of those commercials. Yeah, he's a classic guy. Perfect cast. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. One plus one equals sock. Now the movie's just even more culturally relevant. <laughs> and you love to see it. You do. So we've got a great show. It's Tuesday, which means just business as usual, which is good because we need time to chit chat. You know, girly girl chit chat. Plus House of the Dragon recap. <gasps> oh, yes. Um, okay, I'll save it because literally never have I been more confused in my whole life. Oh, okay, hopefully I can answer some questions, but I don't know shit about fuck either. But it was extremely confusing. Okay, we'll chat. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Well, girly girl, chit chat. We'll circle back to that recap, but without further ado, ado, ado. how's do, by oh, the way? Did he have a good holiday weekend? He did. Of course, he was at his grand's at my in-laws. He loves it there more than he loves it at my house. Definitely depressed when he got home. But his spirits were lifted because this morning he went on a walk with Butters. And Butters had been MIA. Butters had been MIA. While Butters wasn't here to pick up Theo, um, I get a little email after Theo's walk. Like, Theo did great. He did his business, went to the park, and then it said, with Butters. So I was like, phew. The gang is getting back Butters. together. Don't tell Maybe Bryce. Butters was on vacation. Don't tell Bryce. That's the last thing he needs I to won't. hear. I won't. I won't. I would never. Okay. Glad for that update. Without further ado, it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOAST to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code TOAST only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting app partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, I was just reminded of something. Mm. Hold on. What in that ad made me want to tell you something? Sports? F football oh, comes back. You know what that means? Chili season. Chili season. If you haven't seen our new TikTok and Reels, go look at it. It's pretty much all the times. It's actually not even all the times. It's probably half the times we talked about making a chili. And if you're looking for something to do this week, how to fall into fall, I would recommend making a chili, but that's just me. That's no, just I me. woke up today and I was like, oh my God, is it a chili day? Because not only is it officially, you know, not summer anymore. It's the day after Labor Day. It's also raining. And like, I don't know if you can see the window behind me. It's like, like literally pitch black outside. It's a motherfucking chili day. Wow. I, it's not a chili day here. I feel like not till October will it be a day of chili. Mm -hmm. But I do look forward to it whenever it comes. That's so exciting. Like, obviously, a lot of people are sad. The summer is over. I get it. Personally, I'm not. I like, I find summer, obviously, like the shorts of it all to be really stressful, the sweating, all that. I also find like the incessant need to like have something planned on the weekend to be extremely stressful. Like, normalize staying at home, you know? I just hate that shit. And in, in New York, it's really bad. It's like, are you going to Montauk this weekend? Are you going to Newport? Yeah. Like, no, I want to stay home, bitch. I work really motherfucking hard. Like, I'm tired. Yeah. So I'm like looking forward to everyone being like, Oh, you want to go to dinner this weekend? Like something normal, yeah. not like you want to take a trip. Or like go to the bar, watch the game on a Sunday. Yes. And then it's oh like, God. oh, Sunday night. Oh, oh, Sunday night. 
Stand on the floor, got your beat stop back and got a real good feeling. Something that about to happen. Oh, 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 Sunday night. Stand on the front. It's literally the song that never ends. That's the song, like conjunction junction. It's just like, yeah, does Sexy. something. Sunday night about to happen. It just Ooh. moves right through you. It's sticky shoes. I feel like Elvis with my legs. Ooh, watch out. Um. Okay. Now I guess we could get into the first story, which is uh, twofold. The Nietzsche Film Festival. I, I don't know if it started this weekend, but people started to care this weekend. And Florence Pugh joined the cast of Don't Worry, Worry Darling on the red carpet, including Olivia Wilde. And for the first time, we got to know who's in this movie. And it's star-studded, aside from Flo, Miss Flo, and Harry Roll. And Shia, Shia, Shia's replacement, Harry. Right. So not only are they in it, but so is Gemma Chan, Nick Queen. Roll, Chris Pine... Okay, before I dive into like obviously the people that like everyone cares about more, I'm more interested in the supplemental characters to this story. Okay. First of all, Gemma Chan is such an elegant fucking queen. The fact that she's being like dragged into this is like kind of disgraceful. And just like watching all the footage, seeing the pictures of her just being like, ugh, like what like the fact that she's been kind of brought down by this scandal, like I feel for her. She's too elegant she's too queenie for this she's too queenie for this and the fact that she's in a movie and it's like we're not even talking about her that's disgraceful that's not gonna work the second thing I wanted to talk about is Chris Pine okay Chris Pine looked so fucking handsome like I guess I haven't like checked in on Chris Pine in the last seriously five years because like the other Chris is just kind of they took over you know Mm -hmm. Evans Hemsworth so I kind of forgot about Chris Pine what's the other one Um, Pratt Pratt, but Chris Pines like has aged so beautifully. Like that hair was stunning. It's like a little salt and pepper. It's nice and long now. He was wearing this extremely kind of stylish, old school brown outfit. It was gorgeous. Like I was kind of obsessed with Chris Pine. When I feel like of all the Chris's, at least for me personally, like I just kind of he was never it for me. I, I really love him. I feel like he's been in so many projects that are so good. He kind of does like more lowbrow stuff compared to the other Chris's at this point. Right. Um, I agree. I like the look because I feel like up until now we couldn't really tell them all apart. And at least like now he's the blonde Chris who's wearing right. Snitch's Jackamus pants. Right, right, right. And like being one of the male leads against Harry Styles, who's like consistently the most best dressed man in Hollywood. Like it has to be frustrating. And I'm sure his stylist, you know, was met with quite the challenge. And boy, did she rise. She rise and she rose and he looked great. She rose and groaned. Speaking of Harry's style, though, he looked amazing. One of my favorite outfits of his. Same. It's giving Elton John. It's giving Austin Powers. It's, it was Oh, it was like Beatles for me. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Old and British. Literally, we said the same thing. Old and British. Yeah. And that's my favorite vibe of all. And then I want to talk about Nick Kroll, who like, I feel like it's such a random celebrity, at least to me. I think like a lot of guys like would consider him like their favorite comedian and like, you know, think about him a lot. Personally, like I've literally never seen anything he's been in. Like I know he does some stand up. I know he does Big Mouth, that cartoon show that Ben fucking loves um, that Kiki Palmer is in. Maybe I should watch. Um, but I really have like limited Nick Kroll knowledge. Like he's just kind of this ambiguous celebrity for me. Like I think he's also a podcaster, you know, like I'm just I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I'm a 
obsessed now. Like, first of all, he looked so handsome. Like, he's definitely gotten, like, really handsome in the last couple of years. And then also watching a lot of the footage of the actual movie premiere and then the carpet, it's clear that, like, he's, like, a safe person for Miss Flo. I feel like, like she, he's the glue holding this movie cast together. I feel like he's the only one that, like, Flo opens up to. And, like, they obviously, I think, really connected. And this is just from reading body language. And honestly, never in my life have I been even remotely interested in hearing what a body language expert has to say. Because I think most of the time, they literally make that shit up in, like, magazines and on E! News. Yeah. However, I would love the world's premier body language expert to do a full, like, 10-minute breakdown video on these people. Because the vibe that I got was that, like, Flo really only feels comfortable with this group because I imagine that like obviously she can't talk to Harry or Olivia because they're a team she would feel ganged up on. Mm -hmm. Gemma Chan is not getting involved. She's like, leave me She's out above of this, this. lowbrow crap. Chris Pine is like this seasoned older. He's like, he's not going to get involved in the nitty gritty. He's going to be nice to everyone and do his job. Keep his head down. Um, and that leaves Nick Kroll. And I think he's like this funny guy. I kind of like ship, you know, she is no longer with Zach Braff. I'm new to the Nick Kroll fandom, so I don't even know if he has a girlfriend or anything. But I kind of ship him and Miss Flo. I ship Chris Pine and Miss Flo. And did you see Chris Pine taking those pictures of Miss Flo supporting her, like helping her get the content? That's yeah. where my heart goes. But I'll be fine with either. I think once this is a wrap, I don't think she wants anything to do with any of these people. No, but I do think like she might have forged a friendship with Nick Kroll. Like I really a believe friendship that. for life. Yeah, like you never forget the people who are there for you. And Flo seems very down to earth. Like she doesn't seem like a big diva. Yeah, because she's really doing a great job. An artist. Of doing like what she needs to do to promote the movie. She didn't do the panel, panel. which good for her because it looked fucking boring as fuck considering what we're all talking about. Olivia w refuses to nourish the internet. Oh, okay. So let's talk about that. Obviously they did this press conference and of course somebody asked a question like, Miss Flo is not here, the video, yada, yada. And she gave like literally not only the most like re well rehearsed, but kind of like condescending answer, just basically saying like the internet and the tabloid culture, like it feeds itself so I don't feel the need to contribute. And while that is like a general statement on tabloid culture for sure, this is not tabloid culture. Literally, Shia LaBeouf sent in a video of you. Like it's like it's literally happening in front of our eyes. So just to dismiss it as if it's like rumors, you know, like Jayla, Jennifer Aniston, and Ben Brad Pitt getting back together. Like it's so like dismissive and not at all indicative of what actually went down. Yeah, and the rest of the press conference looked like a snooze fest. So Big maybe time. because Miss Flo wasn't there, and anything without her is snooze worthy. And then another reporter tried to ask a question and it's clear like there were boundaries And then some women in. like jumped in to, we answered the to defend Olivia's honor. Right. It was so beyond painful to watch everyone. Yeah. And there's so many clips like that are, have gone viral. Have you seen the one of like Harry answering yes. a question? And I love Harry, but he answered it in the most dumb no, way ever. It was ever. a word salad. Said a whole lot of nothing. It was I a word salad. I didn't, said the thing take I, like him, about I didn't take him for a word salad kind of guy. I took him for like a meaningful artist sort of guy. Smith. Yeah, no, like only gives us a few words and they mean something. They're powerful. Not so he a whole load of nonsense. He was answering a question about what he liked about the movie. And he was like, what I like about the movie is that it's a, it's a real movie. <laughs> and Chris Pine, who's literally been acting for 30 years, is sitting next to him like, what? <laughs> literally what? He's like, it's like a movie that you see in the theater. Yeah, it's like a film, you know? Like one of the films that you watch. In Harry's defense, he did then say like, 
I don't really know if that was an answer. It was kind of just like words, but whatever. He said that? So, yes. So he at least acknowledged okay, the moronic thing that came out of his mouth. <laughs> I think it's probably very hard for everyone, specifically Harry and Olivia, to be doing their jobs to the best of their ability right now because nobody cares really about what they have to say about the movie. Like we want to know the details. And there's so many like people talking about Olivia and Harry because they literally did not touch, look at each other during the entire evening, whether it was on the red carpet, at the premiere. So a lot of people think they broke up. A lot of people think that like they don't want, first of all, even though we know a lot about them, they're actually not a public couple. They've never walked a red carpet yep. together. They're, Harry's just so famous that anyone he dates becomes like fodder for conversation, even though he's not really living a public relationship. It just feels that way because... Because we know everything. Yes, but also she goes to his shows. And I think yes, that's, that's been the key. Yes, that's what I was thinking this morning. Like, that's literally, um, like, the most public thing that they do. And it's, like, kind of crazy that she's, like, literally on a whirlwind tour. Yeah, but no, they didn't speak to each other, didn't look at each other. I think they're together but didn't want their relationship to overshadow the movie. And also, like, I think it would do more to like undermine her as a director and give credence yeah. to this thing about like, you know, her not taking the job seriously. If she uses this premiere to show up and make a statement about her relationship as opposed to the work. Personally, I don't think it would have done that, but I could see how she might think that and not want to just give any more fuel to like, to this movie is not about the movie. Yes, I completely agree with what you said. I will say, um, I thought Olivia looked gorgeous. Like that yellow dress, like I just need, you know? Yeah, no, she did look really gorgeous. And then the other moment that everyone's talking about is Harry Styles potentially allegedly spitting on Chris Pine as he took his seat for the movie. So this is why I need a body language expert. Like, this clip has gone viral. It really does look like Harry, like, juts out his chin before sitting down next to Chris Pine. And, like, then Chris Pine looks at his leg where allegedly the spit may have fallen. And he's, like, dumbfounded. And then they never make eye contact. Like, is there beef now between Chris Pine and Harry Styles? I don't know. Okay, this is my theory. I think that, like, Harry Styles and Chris Pine have some sort of prankster relationship with one another. Maybe it's the sort of pranks where they spit on each other at inopportune times. Obviously, Chris never thought he would do that as the world's eyes are on them. But mm -hmm. Harry had a loogie hocked up and ready to go. And Chris Pine obviously can't react because... But I think that... I think it's a prank. I think that's what pranksters do. I, I could see it being a jovial moment between two male counterparts. And then you I see could. Harry getting like so seriously, thank you, thank you. Because yeah. he, Chris Pine can't react. I think he spat on him as a prank. I think they spit on each other back and forth as pranksters do. The way that I feel like this is one of the most historic moments in pop culture. Like I think in like years from now, we will look at this like, because there's always drama between castmates and maybe there's whispers that like two leads don't like each other. But We've never really had like this level of like expose Evidence. on a cast. Evidentiary Evidence. support. Former employees coming forward with videos and screenshots and text messages. Like this is like so crazy. Yeah. Like the magnitude of it is not lost on me. Right. And I think they tried so hard to put it to aside pretend. for Vinice. And I don't think they could have done a worse job. The fact that there had to be a buffer in between Olivia and Harry and Harry and Miss Flo, like right. Gemma and Chris Pine were constantly just like, it's so bizarre. And really the takeaway for me is justice for Gemma. It's, it ain't right. It ain't right. She is literally like the world's leading international movie star. Like leave her alone. Yeah. So do you, are you going to see the movie? 
that's the thing. It's like no press is bad press. Like everyone's talking about Don't Worry Darling. And while my interest in this saga has peaked to a level I never expected, I like literally couldn't care less about seeing the movie. Isn't that crazy? I just want to know if it's good. Then all of this is really a shame that it's distracting. But I do think it's also giving press. I just want to know, like, what are we fighting for? No. And for me, like, one thing I never expected was that, like, the girl who played the bartender on the OC to become, like, one of the film industry's leading female directors. Like, I just didn't see that. Right. Like, people direct movies all the time. A lot of, a lot of actors, like, go into directing. Like, and she's just, like, at Venice Film Festival. Right. No, because, like, I think the fact that she was able to finance this movie as a female director get Harry Styles, like, it's it's a huge accomplishment for women in directing. Yes, and also, I don't know how many other movies she's done before this, but she did Booksmart, which was so mm-hmm. critically acclaimed. So, so she has a really good track record. Yeah, and so she's on this path to becoming, like, one of the best and most critically acclaimed female directors of our time. And the way that this scandal, I think, has really affected that is not good. Yeah, because also, not only is there scandal, but there's accusations of her not being a good director, present director, professional. And not protecting her female leads. And it's like, that's what this whole Time's Up movement, that's what the whole um, women in directing kind of um, energy is for. It's like, obviously women deserve more opportunities, but then they're also in charge and they're going to protect their female Mm -hmm. actors. Like, it was, you know, rumored that she was having Shia LaBeouf and Florence Pugh, like, in these very, there's a lot of really intimate scenes in the film and there was no intimacy coordinator. Like your female director should be protecting your female lead. And so it's like, this was supposed to be this amazing thing for women and she was going to start getting these big movie budgets and protecting women and time's up. And here she is like being a part of the problem. Yeah. It's so, so beyond disappointing. Like it's beyond. It all comes back to the intimacy coordinator. Jackie, exactly. And you continue to make the case and to persuade, I'm convinced, but you continue to convince me every day. That intimacy coordinators are so necessary. And so the fact that like a female-led film didn't want, like it's, it's disappointing. there's no hope. It's disappointing. It's a perfect word. There's literally no hope for like Hollywood, honestly. If even like. No, there's, what? there's no hope for Hollywood. Yeah, like it's just, it's beyond moronic. I've enjoyed this saga immensely. I cannot wait to see what happens next. It's juicier than the drama in the film, honestly. It really is. And I spoke too soon because there is one hope for Hollywood. and it's, Brendan Fraser. And it's Venice Film Festival subset B. Brendan Fraser receives a standing ovation and is moved to tears at the Venice Film Festival after he received six minutes of praise for his new movie, The Whale, which um, in which he plays a morbidly obese man. Have you seen photos? He's wearing like prosthetics, CGI, Huge, yeah. and um, I don't know the plot, but I that's I didn't want to read more. Oh, I know the plot. Do you like the Do plot? Do you want to tell you? Yeah. It's very basic. Okay, tell me. Um, so he is morbidly obese. He is gay and his partner, like the love of his life passes away. And now he's trying to reconnect with, you know, his daughter from really like a former life who hasn't spoken to who's Sadie Sink. Who looked, oh my God. Oh my God. The way I would take a bullet for Sadie Sink. Okay. So Hollywood has two hopes. Two. Oh, sorry. Three. Kiki Palmer. (laughs) Three hopes. Like, oh, four. Three Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> oh, Kelly Clarkson. Okay, but that's it. No more hope. Um, 
the way I'm so moved by this story, one, because I've been following this Brendan Fraser saga for a while. Um, and I've, through this story uh, that happened yesterday, this video went viral, the movie ends, The Rock posted the video, everyone is being like, love Brendan Fraser, so happy for him, nobody has worked harder for longer. I'm literally, I'm, I'm like literally going to cry. Um, and I didn't really even realize why so much of the interest in Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser peaked because Brendan Fraser for a really long time was like the it man of Hollywood. Like he was in George of the Jungle. Like he was literally could bedazzled. not bedazzled, could not make a bad film. Like he was the the star. Mm -hmm. um, and then like kind of quickly things changed for him. And I think a lot of people forgot about him. And then there was like this resurgence, whatever happened to Brendan Fraser. And I didn't even know, but that Brendan Fraser has spoken out about um, the fact that he was groped by the president of the Hollywood Farm Press Association. And he spoke out about it. And a lot of people believe he's been blackballed because of it. So this comeback is obviously layered, mostly because like against all odds, like he spoke up against like this powerful Hollywood Farm Press Association. And he's been given kind of like a second chance one, through the internet. Like, I think the internet really rallied around mm -hmm. him. And two, th through Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky said this movie took him 10 years to get made because he could not cast it. Like, he looked at everyone. Like, And obviously there's backlash because he's morbidly obese and they didn't use a morbidly obese actor, whatever. But he was so hell-bent on finding the right actor that it took him so long until he landed on Brendan Fraser. So it's just this, like, amalgamation of amazing things for Brendan Fraser. And, like, I'm so overjoyed I'm so emotional about it too like I love Brendan Fraser I would take a bullet several several wow I didn't know some of that that's amazing I didn't know about that thing either makes about this the Hollywood moment Farm Press. even more sweet more kind of full circle more it's Me like justice it's justice yeah and like I don't know meaningful because even like the cast of Don't Worry Darling got a standing ovation I think you know people in Venice just like to stand and clap uh, oh. <laughs> Thank you. Literally, thank you. Like, I honestly, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because we have taken standing ovations to another <laughs> level. Even me, by the way, like when I finish a show, I'm like, thank you. Everyone stand and dance with me. And Ben's like, you had a standing ovation. I'm like, it doesn't really count. If I told them to Because I rise. asked them to. Right. But feel free, by the way, if you're coming to see one of my shows, girlwithnojob.com slash tour, um, standing at the end is beyond mandatory, okay? Just act like you're well, in like Venice. Everyone gets a standing ovation. Now, in general, like a concert, of course, you stand and clap at the end. What are you, a monster? It's the right, th it's the appropriate thing to but do. But something about these videos, not the Brendan Fraser one, of just people having watched a movie and, and crying and clapping, like... No, I know. Uh, it's like staged. No, it's just like, it's a movie. They were pretending. But this one feels different with Brendan Fraser. No, no, I'm not talking about Brendan Fraser. They're not, I know. They weren't even clapping for the movie. They were clapping for the man. I can respect clapping for a man, but to clap like that, so emotional for a movie. It's like. Like, unless it's the greatest showman, sit the fuck down. <laughs> no, seriously, like, unless it's like Schindler's List. Like, it's just a movie. Yeah. And I don't know much about The Whale. I don't know if it's based on a true story. But the way I'm dying to see this movie, even though I know it's going to absolutely destroy me. I cannot wait. Yes. And now, of course, it's giving. There's buzz uh, that I just created. Oscar buzz. Oscar. It makes you think. It's a, okay. It's a one-man movie. He has a standing ovation. He's playing Definitely. a per Like, you know, he's he's carrying the film. It's Darren Aronofsky. 
if Brendan Fraser wins an Oscar, like, I'm going to make a promise right now. No. Okay, ready? If Brendan Fraser doesn't win the Oscar, I'm going to get a bob. Okay. So I'm personally campaigning for Harry Styles to win for Don't Worry Darling. He's not going to. That's like, my personal he, then. He's not. Because you need a bob. Um, it's No, time. I know. But is uh, Academy Awards, is that the Hollywood Foreign Press? Yes, right? Is the president who he spoke out against still the president? Like, it's probably, it might be very difficult for him. Hollywood unless there's been a total person. changing of the guard. No, Hollywood, HFPA is the Golden Globes. Oh, okay. But that's really why I just think, like, Hollywood is so bullshittery. Mm-hmm. Like, the way, like, they all rallied around Time's Up and got us all, like, galvanized. And it's like, you are the ones who had to change, not us. You yeah, know, but there was also, and, like, like... you didn't even do anything. There was Time's Up on Time's Up and corruption there. Right. And, like, I felt like everyone was like, we got Harvey. It's over. And it's like, do you know how many Harveys there are? And how... Who aren't even that famous. So, like, no one's talking about them, but they're just as powerful. But also just as powerful Harveys, I'm sure. And all the people who protect Harveys. Right. So it's like that now in hindsight, like while it felt so nice at the time and it was like, finally, like we're going to. Now it's like, really? Like everything that still comes out, it's just, it was giving low energy. It was giving nothing. Yeah. So um, I really hope that we can continue to protect Brendan Fraser at all costs. Like the way I see a picture of him and I want to start hysterically crying is not fucking normal. (laughs) I love this man. I love this man. This man I love. Love I, man this. Love this, I man. Okay, well now we can put our energy towards Brendan Fraser winning an Oscar. That was in English. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser winning an Oscar and that will get us excited about the Oscar, something that is yes. so hard to muster up excitement for these days. Like the last yeah. Oscars couldn't catch me caring about one movie. Not a minute. None, not one. None of the above. I don't think I zero. I don't zero. think I saw oh no, we saw Eyes of Tammy Faye and we saw I saw House of Gucci. But still, I really don't care. Yeah, no, I love Tammy Faye though. In the words um, of Demi Lovato and Cheryl Lloyd, I really don't care. Wow, niche reference. It came up on my Spotify yesterday because I was listening to 10 Things I Hate About You radio. Oh, you have got to be stopped. Never. I love it. I went for a run. Yes. Humble brag. And I listened. What? Wait. Start over. I told you that I just finished breastfeeding, by the way. It's just a little update about oh, me. Yesterday was, that's huge. Yesterday was the first day that I didn't pump or nurse. And that's that on that. Are you leaking? No. Wow. That was never my issue. You. That was never my issue. Oh. Uh, the opposite, you know. Right. Supply like chain crisis. <laughs> um, so I'm now putting those efforts towards working out and eating right. I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, my God. How was the jog? Did you get out of breath? I did. No, it was great. It was great to move. It was a walk slash run, you know, depending on the song that came up. I would run for the chorus and then mm-hmm. take my sweet time. But it was also 90 degrees, so... No, no, no. Like, literally, I can't run for 15 seconds without literally needing to go to the hospital. Yeah. But it was 10 Things so About You radio you. that got me through. So thanks, artist of who's... Leah Kate. Leah Kate. Uh, that's what I thought, but I just didn't want to get it wrong. That's okay. That would have been really embarrassing. Beyond. <laughs> okay, are you ready for our next story? Mm-hmm. I'm just ready right now. Yeah, no, I'm just, like, totally ready. Right, because it's a story that's going to make you fucking sick for the day. Okay? <laughs> 
<laughs> There's always one. Mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish is addressing oh. molestation allegations. Quote, what I know people fuck? have questions. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. A lawsuit was filed yeah. against Tiffany Haddish and fellow comedian... Um, Ari Spears. Ari Spears, accusing them of molestation by Jane Doe and John Doe, a brother and sister who are anonymously suing the Minors. two comedians. One of them is now um, 14 years old, the the boy, John Doe, and the girl is 22 years old. But these allegations happened when the girl was 14 and the boy was seven. They said that their mom was a comedian who met Tiffany Haddish through the comedic circle and Tiffany and Ari Spears put her, them, in some comedic sketches that were wildly inappropriate, grooming, uh, just awful, awful instances. There's a whole article in the Daily Beast with the allegations and all of the details. Yeah, so basically they were making some videos for Funny or Die not and, for, no not for funny or die they posted the video like funny or die yeah yeah, yeah. no for, like they made it to post it on funny or okay, die but funny or die funny has or die. like a community aspect where it's not they're yeah, not producing yeah, no but because like don't drag them into this because they also i'm not they took it let down me finish my sentence they took it down no so what's interesting is that like they posted their own user-generated content on funny or die i guess in, in hopes to you know go viral create some sort of traction and it was removed immediately by funny or die they were like this is user generated content it has nothing to do with us once it was put up it was flagged immediately and removed immediately like it's disgusting so this was not like um like at the time people thought it was fucking weird too yeah so the girl was in a sketch where she's like uh eating a sub and they wanted it to be like fellatio-esque meanwhile she's a 14 year old girl like it was giving like dan schneider it was yes and then the boy who was seven years old was in a sketch called Through the Eyes of a Pedophile. And um, they're zoomed in. on It's so, it's so nauseating. They were like, this is frames, so disgusting. Like, zoomed in on his. Um, like, Stop. Okay. Okay. Read yeah. the article for yourself. Fucking nauseating. Awful. Awful. And now Tiffany Haddish is responding because the lawsuit is now out there with uh, all the details. She said, I know people have a bunch of questions. I get it. I'm right there with you. Unfortunately, because there's an ongoing legal case, there's very little that I can say right now. But clearly, Okay, Erica Jane. With literally. The, I hate when people say that, even though it is true. Like, it's annoying. But clearly, while this sketch was intended to be comedic, it wasn't funny at all, and I deeply regret having agreed to act in it. I really look forward to being able to share a lot more about this situation as soon as I can. So this guy, Ari Spears, who I had really not heard of until literally a week ago, mm-hmm. um, was recently just getting, you know, uh, in the news because he's been saying, like, really fucking gross, disgusting things about Lizzo. Um, so this guy is just, like, obviously gross. Yeah. I never in my life expect... When I saw this headline, I was like, what? Tiffany Haddish grooming? I was like... There, it was so shocking to me. And the statement from... Their attorneys and Ari Spears was, you know, this is a shakedown. These uh, plaintiffs have went to lawyers all throughout town trying to get them to take on our case to shake us down for money. It's so disgusting and condescending. I'm so I could I feel like vomiting from this story. Like it's it's wild and it's so disgusting. And it's like, what is with people and kids? What is with what is with everyone being a fucking pedophile or being like fine with pedophile like oh little right. pedophilia humor no right. no it's so weird like it's becoming like so common like every actor has some sort of like pedophilia drama like that's not normal no it's not normal it's like 
it's minor attracted persons. Like I can't the the destigmatization of pedophilia. Like I'm not here for it. We need to restigma, restigma. We need to increase the stigma. Turn More it up. Stigma. Crank it up. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Yeah, and it's just becoming like commonplace. Like everyone, oh, pedophilia. It's like, what? We are not protecting the kids. Like it's really making me upset. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. We're not protecting the kids. Uh, As Taylor Armstrong would say, enough. Enough. Yeah. What's so weird is I have a stack of books here that mm-hmm. I let rest my computer on and Tiffany Haddish's book is in there. Did you read it? No, I didn't. I actually look at it every day and I was thinking about reading it. No. Nah. No thanks. I'm tossing it. I can't look at it every day. I only have icons only. Claudia Ashray, Girl with No Job. Do you need more copies? Yeah. Some I want a whole shelf in my house. You got it. It's actually like really not that iconic. I should switch them out. Like the other books. Because you're, oh. you're with a, like a bunch of losers. And pedophiles oh. alleged. <laughs> um, okay, I can move on from the pedophilia, honestly. It's like not the vibe. No, it's not the vibe. But you know what is the vibe? Our next mm. story. Because Jennifer Lawrence is opening up about what it's like being a new mama. And she's sharing the details. Thankfully, Kylie, take notes. <laughs> so We got a name and a gender. Jennifer Lawrence is on the cover of Vogue for October and the New York Post wants me to subscribe to Post Sports. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Okay, she's on the cover of Vogue. She's revealing the name and sex of her six-month-old baby. Jennifer Lawrence revealed her six-month-old child's name and sex on Tuesday, telling Vogue in her October 2022 cover story that she gave birth to a baby boy in February. The little one's moniker was inspired by one of her husband, Cook Maroney's favorite artist, Cy Twombly. So her bebe's name is Cy. Hold on. Spelled C-Y. C-Y, yeah. It's a really cute name. Um, Just everything Jennifer Lawrence does is so fucking elegant. Like, oh, just, oh, I want to tell somebody the name of my child? Put it in Vogue. Yeah. Like, oh, they'll call the cover? Right, oh, the cover? Sure, I could pencil it in. Like, it's so, she's so classy. Yeah. And I fucking love this bitch. I love this bitch. She's so, she's the definition of everything of the sort. And she's a Darren Aronofsky girly. Yes. What was she in Darren Aronofsky, mom? Yeah. Yeah. And she's, you know, there's a lot of um, info. She's really opening up in this article. And I guess if you're Jennifer Lawrence, like you're only going to open up for Vogue. She doesn't just put it on the gram talking Mm -hmm. about how motherhood has changed her, her love for babies now, how she never thought she could love her baby like more than she loves her cat. She thought like, maybe I'll love relatable. She was like, maybe I'll love him as much as I love my cat. But no, she's the whole new woman. And she said she this could, you know, potentially affect like the roles that she takes from now on, like being from a new mama perspective, which... Of it course, really changes that everything. Sense. Yeah, no, I feel like when you have a when you become a parent, like everything you contribute to the world, like you want it to be like safe and positive and fun and light. It just changes your perspective on everything. It's wild. No, your perspective is literally like changed. Changed. Is yours not being like a now an auntie of two? Not really. Um maybe I don't love my nibblings that much. <laughs> if you don't want to change the world for them. Um, and I just think it's crazy. Like we still don't know Kylie's baby's name. Like that's what I find interesting from this story. You know what I find interesting about that piece is that I'm at peace with it. 
Like, I don't ever need to know her baby's name. I don't ever need to, like, see her baby. I'm okay with that. Maybe that's my new mama perspective, though. Maybe. And what's crazy is actually before I gave birth, I was like, where's the name? Right. I demanded I think, it. I don't think I'm at peace. I think I just don't care anymore. Like, it's been too long. You can only care about something for so long without getting anything in return. Like, I can't keep caring. Yeah. I just, like, don't feel curious. And maybe now I actually am a little more curious about Chloe's baby name. Yes. Well, Chloe still has time. You know? She's a new, new mama. She has time, curious time. Gonna me open and leave me fine. And it's cool, baby, with me. Um, you know when you start singing a song, and literally, what song is that? Wait, let me think. You don't Isn't know. It just so pretty to think all along. Oh, yeah, Taylor Swift. It's just funny how, like, literally, lyrics are ingrained in my brain, and sometimes I don't even know what song they are, but I'm singing it, like, comp- I knowing every word. Agreed, same, but you didn't even know it was Taylor. No, I oh. literally was like, is this Casey Musgraves, Harry Styles, Luke Holmes? I knew it was Taylor. Baby with me. Oh, my God. So do you know, like, <laughs> so that's Invisible String by Taylor. Do you know, like, the Swifty theory on that? I saw something, but I forget. That, like, literally, like, they just make fun of the fact that, like, pretty much in the whole song, she's calling Joe Alwyn poor. Yes. Okay, that's what I saw. <laughs> like, but I oh, didn't, you used I to didn't, have a job at the ice cream shop? Ick. I didn't click the link. It's so funny. I, every time I see them, I send them to Snitch. It's literally, it makes me laugh so much. Just because, like... And a couple times in the song, she says things like, oh, you used to work at the ice cream shop, like, for some extra money. Like, normal things people did. But, you know, Taylor grew up, like, in a mansion. So it's like, if you listen to the song through the perspective of, like, her calling her boyfriend poor, like, it's actually so funny. Okay. Green was the color of the grass where I used to read at Centennial Park. I used to think I would meet somebody there. Teal was the color of your shirt when you were 16 at the yogurt shop you used to work at to, to make a, little, make a money. little money. Time, curious time, gave me no compasses, gave me no signs. Were the clues, where were there clues I didn't see? And isn't it just so pretty to think all along there was some invisible string tying you to me? Okay, just the yogurt shop. Bad I think was, there's one more in the... Bad was the bad was the blood of the song in the cab on your first trip to LA. Love is self reference. Okay, yeah, but it's like he took a cab. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like if you just like if you really stretch and like read the song through the perspective okay, that I'm like going. she's money shaming. You ate at my favorite spot for dinner. Bold was the waitress on our three year trip getting lunch bound. Oh by the yeah, lakes. and then it's like they go down to the lakes for lunch and like obviously she's rich and famous. Like the waitress knows her, but not him. <laughs> she said I looked like an American singer. Time, mystical time, cutting me open, then healing me fine. Were there clues I didn't see? And isn't it just so pretty to think all alone there was some invisible string? A string that pulled me out of all the wrong arms right into that dive bar. Something. Uh, Dive bar, cheap (laughs) shithole. Isn't it funny? And I'm sure, like, not at all is that what she meant, but it's actually funny. Like, Taylor, your privilege is showing. Something wrapped all of my past mistakes in barbed wire, chains around my demons, Wool to brave the seasons. One single thread of gold tied me to you. Gold that she purchased, not him. Don't get it no, twisted. She, it was only one single thread of gold. <laughs> and it wasn't even 18 carats. He couldn't go for two. I just think that that, sometimes the Swifties are crazy, but that is fucking funny. That is funny. <laughs> Great. I'm glad that we explored that. Also, before we move on, not to ruin the Jennifer Lawrence cover, but um, it is flawed. Because on the cover, um, there's an essay called Marilyn and Me by Lena Dunham. So, um, well, that's so classic Lena Dunham. Me and Ben started a show 
Have you heard of industry? Yes. Me and Ben watched the first episode. When I tell you I've never had worse anxiety watching a show, it is so, oh my God. I can't it's do like that. pit inducing. So we liked it, but we were also like, why are we putting our mental health at mm -hmm. risk just to watch this dumb show? Um, and literally the first episode ended and it says, directed by Lena Dunham. <laughs> so we didn't Wait, watch it Wait, that's so crazy. I see so many commercials for industry and they never tell you that it's directed by Lena Dunham. I don't think they want to lead with people it. to know. No. Was it good? I mean, yes, but no. Like, it was very harrowing. Yeah. Like, just these young kids who'll do anything to be successful. Like, it was really, really, it was upsetting. <sighs> I feel like you, like you might like it, though. No, I don't like shows that give you anxiety like that. Like, unless we're, you're taking me to another realm. Yeah, totally. I, I hate shows that like really like make me feel actual anxiety for the characters. It's like I have enough problems in my own life. Yeah, like House of the Dragon, I feel it all day long on behalf of Right, because it's like not real right. at all. Right, exactly. And the way mm, I'd take a bullet for that Damon boy. Mm, We're almost mm. there. One more story. Can you, okay. can you wait with your bullets? Is it the story that's brought to you by Jenny Kane? It is. New season is upon us. It's chilly season, and it's a great time to bring a new point of view into every room in your home. So as you guys know, I've been sharing on my Instagram, I'm totally refreshing my home. Not like a crazy overhaul, but like new pieces, like small things like candles, big things like blankets, furniture, chairs. Um, and Jenny Kane is the perfect place to start if you're looking for a refresh. Some of their most iconic and signature pieces are the Vista Collection. It's their most anticipated home launch, which is inspired by the best of California design. You can make the most of every outdoor moment. It's designed for a season spent al fresco. Pre-order today to prepare for your best summer yet. If you weren't happy with the vibes that were accumulated this summer... Start now because Jenny Kane's new collection, it's highly anticipated. It'll all be ready by next summer and you still can get a great deal. They also have the Miramar collection, which is a versatile linen suited to everywhere from the bedroom to your living room. And any piece in the collection is destined to be treasured for years to come. That one is in stock and ready to ship. Your dream is going to await you and take advantage of it being in stock. As you guys know, supply chain is real. So many of uh, furniture companies having major delays, but they are in stock, which is premium and very rare. And they also have the Pacific bed, which comes in linen and buccal, also known as boucle. You can find the finding the perfect bed can be tough because you want it to be elevated, but you also want it to endure, be strong. Um, and the Pacific bed comes in classic colors and timeless fabrics that work with any bedroom style. It is a piece that you will enjoy for years to come. Jenny Kane Home creates California-inspired classics for any room or mood. They're grounded in natural textures, inviting neutrals, and they're the pieces that you'll love coming home to. Check out the Jenny Kane Home membership to experience the best of Jenny Kane Home for just $150 annually. You can get insider-only perks that get you one step closer to your dream space and discount on furniture. You can get 20% off all furniture and home decor, free shipping on furniture and early product access, and much more with a Jenny Kane Home membership. You can join at JennyKane.com slash membership or go to JennyKane.com slash home to create the space you'll never want to leave. Again, that's JennyKane.com slash home to create the space you'll never want to leave. And JennyKane.com slash membership to check out that membership pricing. And Jenny Kane is spelled J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot -E com slash home. Great. Thank you so much, McClardia. You're welcome. What can I say except you're welcome. You're 
Yeah, just a joke from my Instagram that I posted last night. Check it out. Give it a like. Oh, you know, somebody left a comment that really made me think. I think about this a lot sometimes since, like, we're constantly growing, like, literally the biggest podcast on the planet. Someone was like, you girlies just say stuff without context all the time. Like, who are these people you're talking about? And so I would feel weird being like, you know, Ben and I, my husband, but, like, I do think sometimes we need to be a little bit more contextualized. Okay, like, what? I don't know, but the girl was like, I literally never know who you're talking about. Oh, okay. We'll have to do a refresher, but like at the top of an episode. But here's just mm-hmm. the bare basics. Ben is Claudia's husband. Zach is my husband. Theo's Claudia's dog. Bruno is my dog. We call them Brass and Strassen. Brass, any variation. Bruce, Bryce, Bryson. That's Bruno. Thrice. Thrice, Theo, Dora, Theodora. That's Theo. Crunchy. Um, when I say, without further ado, do, 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 how's do? I'm talking about Theo because- Theo. We call him do 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 Theodora. That's why. That's that. Jackie's son is Rold slash Roldini slash Harry, even though he's really just Rold now. Yeah, it's Harry's house that I live in. Um, mm-hmm. Claudia calls him Rold. And then our sister, when we say snitch, that's our youngest sister, Margo. She hosts a podcast on our network. Called The Snatcher. So when you say Margo and I went to Turks and Caicos and then I'm over here, I say The Snatcher and I go like that. It's just because she's a Snatcher. Right. Our older sister, her name is Olivia. Her daughter's name is Michaela, but she goes by Kaylor, Kaylor Swift, her royal canis. Kaylor. And Claudia is McClurdia, um, named after Emily Ratajkowski's ex-husband, Sebastian McClurd. (laughs) I like that one. McClurdia. McClurdia. And now it's time for our fifth and final story, now that we just covered all of that. Um, Spencer Pratt claims Lisa Kudrow told Heidi Montag that he has the eyes of a serial killer. Spencer Pratt doubled down on his claim that Lisa Kudrow is one of the worst humans he's ever met. The Hills alum continued stirring the pot with a new video shared to TikTok on Saturday in which he detailed an alleged conversation between Lisa Kudrow and his wife Heidi Montag. He said the year was 2009 and Heidi and I were invited to our first elite A-list party. It was clear when we got there no one wanted us to be there. He said, um, it was almost like we were filming for Punked and the camera was going to pop up, but Heidi and I didn't care as there was delicious food and an open bar. As we were sitting there consuming a little caviar, Phoebe approaches, with a little sh- which was a little shocking as no one had spoken to us at all at the party. He then alleged that the star proceeded to tell his wife Heidi that, quote, she needs to get away from me as fast as possible because I'm going to murder her, and that he had the eyes of a serial killer. According to Spencer, Heidi waited to see if it was a joke before realizing that it clearly wasn't. Quote, maybe this is a bit a skit. Maybe this is a hidden camera party and why we were invited to this elite party, but no one laughs. She just walks away. And that right there was the rudest moment I've ever encountered with a human being. Right. So somebody asked on TikTok, like, who is the rudest celebrity you've ever met? Spencer said Lisa Kudrow. People were quaking because Lisa Kudrow is America's sweetheart. Phoebe from Friends, Romeo and Michelle, like she's an icon. So then people were requesting he tell the story. He did it in like three parts, of course, like being clickbaity. Um, and to be honest, while I do feel like, you know, his feelings might be valid, I do feel like people at the time, like, knew Heidi and Spencer from the show. They made Spencer out to be like such a villain that he was like literally taking advantage of Heidi. And I think in her own way, like Lisa Kudrow maybe thought she was helping Heidi, um, not just being like a, a, a nasty bitch. Yeah. I think anybody So I don't really wa- feel like this This is, counts as like a story like Lisa Kudrow's mean in person, you know? Yeah, I think anybody who watched the show back then, we weren't like enlightened enough to realize 
how fake it was, how much Spencer and Heider were putting on. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just watch the show and it's reality TV, you take it at face value. Like Spencer is not a good guy. And right. maybe you're really invested in the show and like you go to Heidi and you try and warn her off this guy who you think you know him, but the point is that you don't. But we did not know that then. No, of course not. And so like if an older woman saw them at a party and like we were all so enwrapped, like, oh my God, we have to get her away from Spencer. Like Lisa Kutra might've just been watching the show and then took it upon herself. Like once in a lifetime opportunity to like try and be helpful. Now knowing what we know, we know like there really wasn't anything wrong with Spencer. Um, They were, you know, just villainized for the point of entertainment. So knowing what we know now, it sounds like a really mean thing to do. But at the time I could see her just thinking it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Then Bethany Frankel is also saying that she agrees. You know, one thing I did not see on my bingo card this year is like the downfall of Bethany Frankel. Why did Bethany agree with Spencer? What'd she say? I don't know. But she also said she had like a negative interaction with Lisa Kudrow. And like the way Bethany has been in the news these last couple of weeks, just like getting into petty fights with other celebrities like she just had this thing with Courtney Stodden and Courtney Stodden was like literally you calling out the Kardashians is hilarious because look at this clip of me on your show I literally left your show your talk show back in the day hysterically crying she literally Bethany was like you came here and said you don't want to do porn but you have really huge tits and blonde hair like you look like a stripper like Bethany was being so condescending to this 19 year old girl. It's like and that's what we were saying like if you're going to cr- criticize the Kardashians you have to have a perfect image like you have to always be supporting women and always be an amazing role model for women and Bethany has many examples of her literally doing the opposite so then Bethany Frankel messaged Courtney Stodden after Courtney Stodden posted that and literally sent the most nasty, manipulative, victim energy message to Courtney Stodden. Courtney Stodden then posted the message like, literally, this is what I'm dealing with. And just making Bethany look so bad. And it's just one thing after another. And when Bethany left Housewives, like it was really because she was above Housewives, you know? Like they were just kind of lowbrow, really drink like alcoholic energy. She was going on Shark Tank. Like it wasn't a good match for her anymore. You know what? Now it's a good match. Because everything Bethany has done in the last like year is really... um like bringing her down to a level like that is housewives. What did the message say? I'll read it to you. It was so fucking rude. Ready? Yeah. And like then people commenting um, about their experiences while going on that show. It's just, it's not a good look for Bethany. Courtney. I can never find her fucking Instagram. Who's Bethany? Courtney. Maybe she shadow banned. She definitely is, by the way. I have to, like, search Courtney Stodden Instagram on Safari like a grandma. Okay, Courtney A. Stodden. Ready? Then here's the message. I just saw your post. I watched the entire interview again. As a woman in business and branding, I was listening to what you said your goals were. To be 19, to not go into porn, and to forge a new path. I was supportive of that choice, which you didn't show in any of your clips. Perhaps, unfortunately, how we present ourselves is part of our branding and marketing. You were certainly marketing yourself differently than you are now, which seems to be working for you. I wish you luck in your endeavors. If something I said upset or stuck with you, I'm sorry. Perhaps our conversation did contribute to the positive path that you embarked on. I do think about young women very much as a mother, and I believe that you changed your course and direction. That's inspirational. So not only is she saying like you were responsible for the way people treat you because you branded and marketed yourself like a whore because she basically dressed differently she's also saying oh i i shoved you in the right direction look look what happened to you maybe it's because of the conversation we had which is fucking delusional narcissistic behavior and if something i said upset you i'm sorry that's like not an apology yeah so it's like she's getting into fights she's like bring i don't know what happened like 
in Bethany's career. I just didn't see this sort of fall from grace for her. Every time she's in the tablets, she's talking now about Meghan Markle. She's talking about the Kardashians. It's Courtney Stodden. And it's like, it's giving like Perez Hilton energy. Yeah, but I mean, I think it all has, not all has to do, but she has a podcast now. And, and like yes. that's what you got to do is talk and yeah have some hot takes. And these are super hot. And I think she's not very soft. Around no, the I edges. know it's just it's it's. Just do you agree that it's like low like brow? From Shark Tank to podcast smack yes. talker. It's a fall yes. from grace a little. Okay, okay. I, I I'm agree. just like every, every time I see her in the news, I'm like, oh, what now? Yeah, I'm just trying to understand. But you also say that like her makeup reviews and stuff like do really On well. TikTok. Yes, and you have to feed the beast. Yes, yes, yes. She's becoming She's like, like a, a little bit of a content creator personality. Yes. Which is just a step down from being a shark. But this right. is what a digital personality does. Yes. Very true. Okay. So I just believe Lisa Kudrow is a nice person, honestly. Like, I, I'm, I'm not changing my opinion on it yet. Yeah. I don't have an opinion. But this, to me, okay. isn't, like, so damning. I agree with you. I could see how she thought she was doing something good based on what she saw on TV, which at the time I think a lot of us thought was real. Yes. And we were, like, impassioned about it. Yeah. So those were the fast five. Now we're going to dive into TV recap, House of the Dragon, episode three. Um, we fast forwarded a little bit. Three years into the future, obviously, her best friend married her dad. They had two. Well, they have one on the way and they had one kid and they had a son, Aegon, which is a big deal because it's a man. And everyone's pretty much waiting for the dad to be like, never mind, renarial disease. Your brother's the heir, but he's not wavering. And Rhaenyra is giving some negative bratty energy, even though her dad literally has not given up on her. Yeah, yet. she's not making it easy for him, and he's yeah. trying to stand by her, but she's just not making it easy. He hasn't, like, he said that he's standing firm, but one, he does waver. He doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know what what's right. And so he is really weak in that sense. But I do feel like he's going to waver, which makes like what he said last night even worse. Like worse. telling her he's not gonna. Because he's constantly going back on his word constantly. as it pertains to Rhaenyra. Also, um, was anyone else like the whole episode just waiting for him to drop dead? Like, I just, I'm like, oh, he's gonna die now. Like when he was, he was so drunk weak. at the hunt, I was like, I thought that either something bad was going to happen or when he went to stab the boar, the deer, I thought maybe he would die in a way like Robert Baratheon, like a little poisoned wine. Mm. Someone accidentally kills him. Turns out yeah. it's not an accident. So I like love Sir Christian Cole. He's so hot. Obviously I'm shipping him and Rhaenyra. So now that Rhaenyra has been given the blessing to choose who she's married to. And I don't think that the dad is being unreasonable. He's like, not no one all. is going to give you, no one's going to give your claim any sort of, uh, validity so you should make it as strong as possible like marry a Lannister have a, a son like so that people are can digest the idea of you being queen like she's not helping herself at all no not at all even he's not above duty but speaking of him getting remarried the way I hate that fucking friend like okay when she was waltzing around the promenade sending the musician out your queen commands bitch shut up okay but like she really could be so much worse I feel and maybe yes. eventually she'll turn fully evil I've seen people say that she's giving like Cersei vibes mm. I think she's being very patient with Rainier as she should be considering she was her friend first but it's not like she's like whispering the king like bad things about Rhaenyra she no, doesn't want it anytime she has to go to him and like try and twist his arm it's only because like her dad her is dad. putting her in that position I don't she's not 
innately a bad person. I'm sorry. When Otto Hightower suggested that Rhaenyra marry Aegon, her two-year-old brother. The brother. I, I, <laughs> I literally died. Like, I'm deceased in heaven right now. Like, I was like... And I'm just grateful to the king for having a fucking normal reaction to that. Because not only is it disgusting on so many levels, it's just beyond. I think that that was there to make the idea of Rhaenyra and Damon more palatable. Because now I'm like, well, at least it's not her brother. No, the way I'm obsessed with Rhaenyra and Damon as a couple is, okay, like, it's so funny because that actor played Prince Philip in the show. And honestly, I didn't think he was handsome enough to be Prince Philip. And like, he kind of bothered me. Um, the way I think he's so fucking hot now. And like when he got out of that cave and I love how like literally couldn't win the war for three years. Oh, my brother might come to help. Fuck him. I'm going to win today, right now. Went in, slayed the crabby man and walked out with the blood on his neck. Oh my God. I was living for it. Living. Mm. You do realize he didn't say one word the whole episode. He was just acting. Now one word from when he got off the dragon, went on his little rowboat, surrendered, fought the crab king eater. Not I a word. Not, I did not realize that. No lines in the script for him. No words were spoken. No words, no words needed to be spoken. And yet he was the star. Like I was obsessed with that. Even though I, my confusion really lied within the crab area. I have literally no idea like what that was. Like I who know. are the crabs and who's that guy? Like. I think he's like king of the pirates and he was disrupting their shipping lanes, like stealing their booty because you could see like by the caves, there was all of this. They're like hoarding stuff. Yeah. And so they didn't have safe passage for their ships and the sea snake, I think he's in charge of the and Suez. And sea snake is auntie's husband. Auntie's husband. He's in charge of the swells and various other shipping ports. And then they wanted Rhaenyra to marry sea snake's Son, who was that guy at the table? Yep, good match. I was into him because his fucking grandpa or that other guy was uncle. being such a fucking yeah, uncle. Yeah, uncle was being so negative, so negative. Oh we my don't god, that like, kind of energy. No, it's war. We need positive camaraderie. If we all just wallow in self pity, like we're gonna die. Right. And as the nephew was saying, "What have you done to fight the war?" The only one who's fighting this war is Damon. Is Damon? No, like, so obsessed with Damon. I actually cannot remember a character, even from Game of Thrones, that I've, like, been more in love with. Like, because there really was, uh, like, Jon Snow. Okay, yeah, for sure. But I'm obsessed with Damon. Like, literally obsessed. Obsessed. And I really do think he's meant to be this ambiguous character. I yeah. saw this quote going around. I think it's from Game of Thrones about how, you know, the Targaryens have had people who are to some people a hero and to other people the villain. And I think that mm -hmm. he really toes that line really well. But yeah, because he didn't have to beat up the messenger, you know, like that was uncalled for. Yeah. I he just still want to know if, when he was the gold cloaks, if those people were actually convicted thieves and rapists and murderers. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's an important distinction. If he was just like walking around cracking skulls. I did feel like the whole pig thing and then the white antler was like a little dumb. But like, Game of Thrones loves that symbolism. And I know we're all feeling impatient because we want answers yesterday. But never forget that we sat through eight seasons of Game of Thrones. How many wolves, dire wolves, did the Starks have that were symbolic? You know, like, I was just confused. Okay, so this boar came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, that's the animal they're all looking for. Yeah, I thought that too. So then I'm like... Then they see the antelope, and I totally am with Rhaenyra. Like, let him go. Let him live. No, that was... Okay, there's a difference between hunting as a sport and what the king did, which was 
so fucking losery. No, of course. And he couldn't even do it on the first try, it fucking was loser. so embarrassing. That's but not also, a sport. That's not. Did you notice the king was wearing a glove the whole time? Like, I do think he lost the digit. Yikes. Perhaps more than one. Yikes. But Yikes. you know what? It's been about four years since the beginning of the show, and he's still alive. Right. That's why I was like, oh, any minute now. Drop dead. Yeah. The way Rhaenyra is so stunning. Like this actress, like she's just gorgeous. I know. She really is. She's amazing too. And when she walks and she has the same style, like in Spo as Danny. Mm -hmm. So when we're like seeing her walk from the profile, it's just like giving Danny across the seven seas. It's giving Danny Targaryen for sure. Yeah. But she's got to work on her attitude. She's got to stop fighting with her dad. Like, you want him on your side, no? She is 17, so she's obviously, like, a moody teenager. But he's the difference between you becoming queen and you becoming a sorry person. Yeah, and I know he's only two, but, like, I fucking hate Aegon. Yeah. He's not the vibe. Like, stop. I keep, like, accidentally seeing, like, small spoilers. (gasps) I'm not. I'm not going to spoil anything. I don't know what happens, but just, like, small things that... Are annoying. I, I know I'm not going to spoil anything either, but I did see a spoiler. Uh, I believe the one, the first one that you saw about who marries Rhaenyra. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I think I oh. did, but I think I put it out of my mind. No, and like it was in my own messages from a toaster. Like that's wrong. You know, I'll tell you no, where I'm, I saw a spoiler. Twitter. One from Twitter, but I go looking for, I love people's tweets after the show. They're so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get some good, like I didn't realize that Damon didn't speak a word. I'm not going to lie. I saw that on Twitter. Oh my God, fraud. <laughs> no, but I admitted it. I'm admitting it. Fraudulent energy. You admitted it 10 minutes later. Okay, but like I wanted you guys to sink in. I'll tell you my sources. Your sources. Okay. okay. Um, I once saw a large family, tr- not family tree. Yeah. Uh, tree of... royalty no Robert Baratheon ends up on it you know like it's not the Targaryen family tree it's the tree of succession Mm -hmm. um I saw that and then I was looking at a Game of Thrones article today on page six and it said this episode this thing has spoilers for season three I was like great I already watched it what could it be Mm -hmm. and right there was something that's gonna happen that hasn't happened yet sort of right there and I saw on Twitter remember Stannis's daughter, who was always reading. Hold on. Stannis Baratheon she was, was like Robert's the, brother. He was the war guy. You know, he always was with the Red Lady. He was lady. like skinny and tall. Red Lady. Shadow with yeah. the face of Stannis Baratheon. Yeah, but I don't remember his daughter. Kid. His daughter, she had the red hair. She was like a little girl. She had a little bit of grayscale. Oh, of course. And they killed her. Oh, my God. And they killed her in such a way. In a sacrifice. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. that I was forgot so about sad. that part. But you know, she was always reading. Of course. Literary queen. And she ben taught, hated her. Who did she teach to read? Ben hated her. Oh, <laughs> someone who was living. <laughs> hated her. Yes. Yeah, somebody who was living with them, like a man. Um, An important person who needed to read. Was it? Mm. Where were they? The Red Lady, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, were yeah. at, um... Who was with them? Like, they were trying to win the war. I don't know, whatever. Who the fuck did she teach to read? All right, I'll Google it. Hang on. Stannis Baratheon daughter teaching person to read. <laughs> I never know what I got to Google. Sir Davos? Sir Davos, yes, yes, yes. He was Jon Snow's... 
Yes. Okay, great. She taught Davos to read. Thank you. Anyways, at one point she's talking about what she's reading. I saw like a, the quote, but I, I clicked out where she's talking about Rhaenyra because she was reading like the histories. And so oh. I think that if you were to rewatch Game of Thrones, like there would be spoilers. There's mad spoilers because it's, you know, I love the that. Past. It's layered. Layered. George doesn't do it any other way. No, he doesn't. They don't, they don't, he, he doesn't have two R's in his name for nothing. Reads twice. Layered ours. <laughs> um, so, Game of the Throne, Dragon, whatever it's called. What were your recap. questions? What were you confused about? The crabs. Oh. Just all of the crabs. Yeah. It was a like, lot. Like, the whole thing. Like, who the fuck is that man? Why is he wearing a mask? Was he burned from the dragons or just, like, in general? I do think it was previous. Yeah, me too. They look like old wounds. Plus, he already had the mask. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, that popped up out of nowhere. It was a little bit stupid. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm so glad we're in agreement. But Damon prevails. Hopefully he can come home, sweep Rhaenyra off her feet. <laughs> War hero. Yaranko. Yaranko. Um, and that's our show. It's been an hour and a half. I got to take a piss. I like, it's so badly. I was almost going to do it before I have some dragon recap, but I was like, I can no, power through. We have for our episodes, like for the last two weeks, have all been an hour and a half. And I'm going to get a UTI because, like, literally, <laughs> every I'm single day, I'm holding in a pee so bad. We need so to, if we're going to keep doing episodes this long, we have to put in a pee break. Or we need to just, like, turn these buccal chairs into toilets with um, a bedpan underneath. Love. A, a, a chamber pot. A chamber pot. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give us a video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find out some Morning Toast. Leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you guys have an amazing Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow for Hump Day. Bye. Bye.